This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mix in just a little bit of twang. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to episode two of our paranormal encounters. Hey Couple guys. Yeah. Yeah. We're here. All right. So we're going to just get right into these episodes. So okay. there's no needing a lot of chit chat. You know, we'll talk about some fun stuff along the way. But the first story we're going to do, we're going to do some animal stories. And are you about doing some animal stories? I love animal stories. This first one says, in September of 1983, Dusty presented her stepdaughter with an adorable German Shepherd puppy. Audrey was delighted. She has always loved animals, so it's not only a kind gesture on Dusty's part, but it was a wise move to gain the acceptance and affection of a wary 10-year-old. My granddaughter, Audrey, had also gained a new brother, Michael, When her father remarried, the newest member of the family was promptly named Bear because he resembled a cuddly teddy bear. I don't ordinarily favor dogs, but Bear captured my heart. Bear spent his time exploring the nooks and crannies of the garage when Audrey was away, but dashed out to meet her and or anyone else for that matter with great affection when they stopped in the driveway. One Sunday, while Audrey was visiting her mother, Dusty and Mike decided to run to the store. Bear normally would scamper into the garage if he saw someone head for a car. This time, however, he was fast on Michael's heels. Mike was not paying attention, and as he slammed the car door, he heard a sickening crunch and one horrible yelp. Bear's head was crushed, (gasps) blood gushing from his mouth and his ears. Dusty ran into the house for a large bath towel and wrapped the puppy up in it before placing him in Mike's Mike's arms. They rushed him to a nearby vet, but the prognosis was not good. He advised them to put Bear to sleep. Dusty decided to take him home so Audrey could say goodbye. When I answered my phone that Sunday evening, Audrey was sobbing as she related the day's events. She told me that her puppy was in a coma. He doesn't move at all. He won't even open his eyes. Dusty says, we're going to have to have him put to sleep. What am I going to do, Nanny? Audrey, please listen to me. Remember how we've always talked about God's healing energy about being all around us? I could see her nodding as she said, "Uh uh-huh. Well, sweetie, just know that his healing power is right there where you are now. When you get off the phone... Go and pick Bear up. Hold him tenderly and just feel God's energy flowing from you to Bear. It's all around you and inside you, and it flows from you. God loves all of his creatures, Audrey, even a helpless, hurting animal. Bear's going to be just fine. 
Have faith. I'll be praying for the both of you tonight, okay? She seemed to be calmer, so we ended our conversation. In my prayers, I asked our father to be merciful and to please give us a miracle so that the little girl's faith could be strengthened. The next afternoon, I decided to stop by my son David's place before his daughter Audrey came home from school. As my car pulled to stop in the driveway, a furry brown and white ball bounded out of the garage to to greet me. It was Bear. I sat on the porch swing and picked the puppy up so I could examine his head. There was no sign of any injury. He was licking my face with sloppy kisses when David appeared at the door. He said, I thought I heard your car and wondered what had happened to you. What in the world? His voice trailed off as he looked in disbelief at what he was seeing. Mom, that can't be Bear. He was all but dead when I checked on him a couple of hours ago. Audrey rushed in from school a few minutes later. When she saw her pet, she fell on her knees, tears streaming down her face as she greeted her with those special sloppy kisses. That smile was like sunshine filtering through her tears, the reward for another one of God's miracles. When she related our conversation and her actions of the previous evening, her dad only nodded in acceptance. Growing up in our family, he was no stranger to apparent miracles. And that's from uh, Bernie in Terrell, Texas. Oh, that's a sweet story. Can you imagine, though? Oh, what a horrible thing that would happen to that dog. Oh, it was. It was absolutely horrible. Oh, gosh. I and I, even... could you imagine? We just had a conversation the other day about my next-door neighbor. She had this little Scotty dog. And this dog, it was just like Ninja to us. This dog was everything to her. And he was outside running around as she was backing out of her driveway. Mm-hmm. And she backed over him yeah. accidentally. And it did not have the happy ending this one yeah. did. But she was so devastated. Oh not God, only to lose her, her beloved pet, but to know that she did it. Yeah. It was a complete accident, obviously. Yeah, but, but that don't help matters then. So mm. we're going to try to stick with a theme. And um, you've got another story that involves animals. It's called Four-Footed Angel. In April 1926, I visited my aunt, Mrs. Martin J. Seckard, in Detroit. One Sunday afternoon, it was arranged that I should go over to Windsor to visit friends there, and that a mutual friend would pick me up at 8.30 p.m. and bring me home. I was there at the appointed hour, but the friend did not appear. I waited until 11.30, then decided to try to get home by myself. I crossed on the ferry and boarded a streetcar. However, I suddenly realized that the worst was yet to come. After an hour's ride on the streetcar, I would have to walk alone for three blocks through a tree-shaded residential district at considerably after midnight. I had been warned repeatedly of danger for young girls out alone at night. I began extremely frightened. I bowed my head and prayed. I asked God to protect me and please not let me walk alone. I prayed constantly and believingly, and when my stop came, I got off alone. Waiting expectantly at the stop was a dog. I spoke to him, and he took his place by my side. He walked every step of the way home with me, then turned and trotted away. I never saw the dog again. He was certainly not a neighborhood dog. A dog was probably the only protector that could have filled my needs. 
I would have been terrified if a strange man or woman had appeared and offered to walk home with me. But I had complete confidence in the dog, which appeared to me to be of the breed known as the Boston Bull. That's from Paula from Daytona Beach, Florida. Aww. I love doggies. I've noticed that of the four stories that we've written, it's just complete coincidence. Mm-hmm. They all had a, a very deep religious theme. Mm-hmm. It was all praying for this, yeah. praying for that. And it's and the reason I bring that up is because that's not intentional. We've actually had some people before on the show bring up the fact that um, the religious talk and, and this and that. And, you know, it's it's not something that we do intentionally but if that's part of the story that's part yeah, of the story yeah. we're definitely not trying to tell anybody what to believe not to believe no not or, at all so and we know there's a lot of people who don't pray yeah that listen to the show and we're not forcing this down your throat it's just by coincidence the first four stories we've read on these first two episodes just happen to be more praying based than some of the other ones hmm. so tonight's listener call in comes from great britain Yay. It's Olivia, and this story is completely fascinating. Brian's was really good last week, too. This one gives it a run for the money. Oh, wow. So, that's you know, we couldn't have started off the uh, episodes with two better stories. So Thank you guys so much. So let's give a listen to Olivia. Hey, guys. Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And we've got a special guest. This young lady is from um, Essex over in Great Britain. Olivia Daisy Phillips, welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. Hello. Um, so I thought I would start off with my story of just letting you guys know kind of just a couple of facts about the house that I live in now. So we have lived here for 16 to 17 years. Um, it is a bungalow and my mum and dad have the whole upstairs. Um, and we don't intend on moving out of this house regardless of the stories that you will hear. Um, so I think I'm just going to get straight in with the first thing that happened. So um, as we are a family of six, there's quite a lot of us in the house and we have all had our different experiences um, with the spirit that lives in this house. Um, so it first started off when we first moved in. So my sister was playing in the front room and she notices a man standing outside of her house. Um, and my sister felt very uneasy about the whole situation. So uh, my mum went out there and asked him what he wanted. And my mum always said that um, he looked very unsettled and she always got this really bad feeling about him. Anyway, um, he mentioned that his son died in my sister's room uh, many, many, many years ago. He was only probably about six and six to seven, like eight. Um, and my mum was like, oh, OK, sorry to hear that. This At this time, he never had anything scary happen um so as my mom came back into the house she went to look out the window and he was gone so that was kind of it really she didn't think anything of it she mentioned it to my dad um we just kind of lived carried on with our lives um we all have our separate rooms also in the house so it everything kind of started in my brother's room so my brother and me at this age i don't actually remember so it's like 16 years ago so we must have been about nine maybe um and Ben always read football books and just them general kiddie books um anyway every time he woke up in the morning there would be a different book on the floor open up and my mum multiple times would tell him to put them back and he would always get really upset because he always knew that he did but he would didn't understand as to why there was always open on his room but 
it wasn't just the same book. It was loads of different books on loads of different pages. It was if he was working his way through the books. But every time my brother woke up, it would stop. Um, so that carried on for a very, very, very long time. Um, and it was just a constant argument between my mum and my brother about why on earth are these books on your floor again? I told you to put everything away. Um, and then one night we was all sitting in the lounge. So my dad bought this massive screen projector to go on one of our walls. And we was all watching Harry Potter. And then my mum and my dad remember this. I think me and my siblings were too young. But my dad remembers he was watching Harry Potter and all of a sudden this uh, shadow appeared in the corner of the screen projector. Now, my dad automatically thought it was my brother because it was the shape of a little boy. So my dad went to turn around and tell Ben to stop standing up and Ben was fast asleep. Um, and in that, and within that second, dad turned it off, turned the lights on, told us all to go to bed. Um, he says he remembers it to this day and how much it absolutely petrified him. He just didn't know what this... He was so adamant, and my mum was adamant that it was a boy. It was a, a little boy, it was a child that was standing in the corner of the projector. Um, so at this point, we've, we've had two instances happen, and my mum just didn't feel right in the house so um, my nan mentioned about bringing her friend in so my nan's friend has six cents and uh she reads people's future she reads tarot cards she's got her own um crystal ball and all that so um my mum and my nan call her the white witch so she came over to our house and she automatically noticed there was present in the presence in the house um but she said you know it's a little boy he's not horrible he means you no harm but he will cause mischief because of his age and he wants to play. So at this time, I think we was all very open-minded to it because um, we was all kind of brought up in horror films. You used to watch horror films all the time, so it took a lot to scare us all. Um, but then things started to get a little bit more full-on as we kind of got older to about the age of 10. Um, my mum and dad were upstairs sleeping and my dad was half awake um, and he heard walking up the stairs and all of a sudden it stopped. Nobody walked back down the stairs. It was just halfway up the stairs and stopped. So my dad shouted, like, you know, called our names and just said, is it any of you? And as nobody replied, dad got up, turned on the lights and nobody was there. And then all of a sudden he said that he felt this cold air just brush through him. He said he didn't know what it was. He said he didn't know how he felt. But it was just such an unsettling feeling. And he said it freaked him out. He couldn't sleep for two nights. He was up. It just really bothered him. Um, and then the second, the third, no, the fourth instance happened. And I, we always have our friends stay over in the lounge whenever we have our friends over. So my best friend, Georgia, came and stayed over. And I was on one couch and she was on the other. It got to about two o'clock in the morning and I heard her calling my name. Um, and as she woke me up, she was sweating, like she was dripping with sweat. And I was like, what's the matter? She was like, there's something standing in the corner of the room. She said, there's something standing in the corner of the room and just kept on saying it and saying it. And as I just said to her, George, just go back to sleep. It's just the little boy, just ignore him. And she said, no, he's, co he's coming towards me. He's coming towards me. And as this shadow started coming towards her, he, it just vanished. It just kind of vanished in thin air. And um, she just couldn't go back to sleep, got her mum and dad to pick her up. And she has never slept over ever since. 
Um, and then this also happened to my sister's friend, the same instance. They don't know each other, so they couldn't have told each other the stories. And it kind of happened within the couple, like a couple of weeks of each other. And she woke up in sweat, absolutely dripping, panicking that there was something in the corner. And it was walking towards her. And she also got her parents to pick her up and she hasn't come back to the house ever since. Um, she just does feel uneasy. She feels like there's something following her, something always by her whenever she's in the house. Um, so from then on forward, none of my friends stayed over. None of my friends really wanted to stay over um, because they were just scared of the presence that was in my house. And as they've experienced it, they just refused to kind of come over, which I totally understand. Um and then it kind of calmed down after that. And then we got to, I got to the age of 16. My brother was 16 and my sister was 18. So we was all out of the house apart from my sister and her boyfriend at the time. Uh, they was in the kitchen making some tea. And uh, my sister's boyfriend said, oh, he's been home. Uh, my sister was like, no, everybody's out. And she was like, he was like, no, someone ran into your brother's room. She was, well, it couldn't have been because nobody's home. And he, and he was adamant that somebody ran into Ben's room from the stairs. He saw them run from the stairs to his room, to his door, and just went straight for the door. And he was adamant to this day, if I would ask him, he would have told me the exact same story that I'm telling you. And it really freaked my sister out. My sister has never really taken this story very well. Uh, as I believe that she's kind of experienced quite a lot of it more than I have. Um, and let's move on to the next thing. Um, so when we were in the, we used to have a big mirror in the hallway. We can't, we've taken it down now because of this story. Um, my sister would always do her makeup in there. And um, one time I heard a scream, like petrifying scream. And I came out and asked what was wrong. She said the little, little boy's back. And I was like, what do you mean the little boy's back? And I said, she's, she's back. He's back. He just ran past me. He's back. Um, and I just kind of said, just ignore it. It was happened before. We've been through this before. We know it means it's no harm. Just kind of just try and ignore it as best as you can. I know it's scary, but don't let it bother you too much. Don't feed into it. Um, I was always been so open-minded to it. And it's never really scared me. It scared Ben. It scared my sister Grace. But... The only time it's ever petrified me was when I was in bed and I went to go to sleep and I had breathing in my ear. And I know it was breathing because it, so, it was constantly just in my ear, this breath. And it just carried on for about 10 minutes. And I tried to pretend that I didn't hear it. But I just it was driving me crazy. And I turned on my lights and I didn't sleep. I couldn't sleep for two days. And I said to my mum, I can't believe he's back. We haven't had anything happen for so long. And it was kind of like he came back and he kind of wanted to make his presence noticed. Um, and he made sure of that as well. Um, I was in the kitchen and we had a dog at the time. And one of his toys got chucked at me. Like not viciously, not heavily, like just kind of like chucked at me. And I turned around and nobody was there. And I remember saying to my brother, was you just in the kitchen? He was like, no. And I said, don't lie. Don't try and wind me up. Were you in the kitchen? He said, no. And I just I just knew that this second time around wasn't going to be as nice as the one when we were younger. You see, my mum always said that um, as we were getting older, he, 
he kind of didn't have too much to kids to play with anymore. He didn't have our kid toys, our books to read. Um, and then he really, really calmed down. So my mum always believed as we grew older, he knew he couldn't. So we came less of a target, um, obviously, until a couple of years ago um, when it all kind of started happening again. Um, we always get our taps turn on and off all the time, lights lights come on and off all the time. It's a kind of standard doors opening, doors closing, just small things that happen, nothing too, like, drastic. But you kind of never feel alone, even as I'm talking to you now. I, I've, I don't... We know someone's here, and it's been here for a while. Um, I kind of went around to everyone in the house, and I kind of asked them how they feel about it. And my brother says he always sees things in the corner of his eye. He said he's never seen it fully. He said but he always sees the dark figure in the corner of his eye. And funny enough, I do too. Um, we see him more at night than we do now in the day, which is obviously horrible. Because <laughs> whenever you need to go to the toilet in the middle of the night, you're kind of pooing yourself, thinking, "Oh my god, this is I'm going to die. I'm going to die. It's going to kill me." You kind of get like that kind of in your head, absolutely petrified. Um, so my dad also spends a lot of time in the lounge, and he says to me, he's always consistently looking over his shoulder because he swears that something's behind him. He swears that someone's standing in the corner of the room or somebody's watching him, somebody's there. So even to this day, not a week goes by where none of us see, hear or feel anything. Um, we just kind of welcome it in now. We can't, there's nothing we feel like we need to do. He hasn't hurt any of us. But um, when we were younger, it he was very mischievous. But um, yeah, even now, I, I do get scared to go to bed. Whenever I talk about him... I feel like I make him more, um, I feel like I make his presence more known when I talk about him, um, which can be quite scary. Um, so, like, last night when I was writing out the notes about him, I felt really uneasy and I stopped and I, I put on TV and I kind of had to calm myself down. Um, but, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's That's the story, really. That's a fascinating story, to be honest with you. It's just kind of ongoing. So let me ask you this. So how old were you when all this started? So we, I was probably about nine. And how old are you now? I'm at 22 now. No, 23. So this has been going on for about 13, 14 years then. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of been nonstop really since we, we've been here. So what about your parents? I know they'd seen some stuff back in the day. Is this something that they are still well aware of going on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We all are. We all we all still experience things. My dad my dad when he's playing FIFA in the lounge, yes, my dad's fifty year old man that plays FIFA. Um he he always says to me he constantly feels present by him. He says he's learnt to not let it bother him. But he says he does constantly look over his shoulder because he always feels something there, and my mum's exactly the same. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. That's. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. you. You said you had a cool story, and um, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be that intense. To be honest with you. <laughs> we get a lot of people that tell their stories, and and I mean, and, and they're a little more 
happy-go-lucky or they're, you know, ah, well, this happened this one time. And But this is like a true, I mean, 13, 14-year-old haunting that has progressively gotten worse. I mean, it's um, – but, it, you know, it goes to show, Olivia, that – I've always said this, you know, we do a lot of stories on here that are the famous stories, you know, over in your neck of the woods. I mean, it might be the infield poltergeist story or something like that. But the reality of it is there's a lot of just regular people that nobody knows that have had just as as crazy experiences. Yeah, I mean, I'm a very big believer in spirits and ghosts anyway, so... Um, we 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 all, we all do here in the house, and we were brought up on like horror films, and to actually kind of experience something quite scary goes to show that us as a regular family, can you imagine what else goes on that people are too scared to talk about? Oh, guarantee. So Olivia, so, I, want, I wanted to thank you for coming on the show. You we talked a little bit <laughs> on Instagram, and you said you were a big fan of the show, and and uh, we were happy that you had something. Uh, where you, where we could get you on the show and be able to talk a little bit, but I want to thank you for being a listener and all the kind of words that you had to say. Why? Uh, thank you. I told my dad, and my dad was like, "No, the hillbilly horror stories." He's like, "Yeah, dad." And my dad kind of had a massive hissy fit about it because he just couldn't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> <laughs> we, there's we, a lot of listeners in this house. We just get. Uh, I don't know. We just we just think it's so funny that. People consider us to be, I don't know, more than just Jerry and Tracy. So it's just, we just can't imagine that there's somebody out there that's, that's, it's that big of a deal to them to just to be able to, you know, but I mean, we see it. We just don't understand it. We, we'll we'll, we'll follow somebody on Instagram, you know, which, you know, we're just clicking a button. We don't think anything of it. I mean, you followed us, we follow you. And then somebody will be like, oh my God, I can't believe you followed me. It made my day. And I'm like. Really? (laughs) You obviously don't know us because we wouldn't be that exciting to you if you did. (laughs) It's nice to know that you guys have a lot of impact on people in such a positive way. So it's awesome. It's such a cool thing to do. Yeah, well, don't get don't get me uh, wrong. We're excited that we can make a difference in somebody's life. We just don't always understand how. Uh, Some of it it we get. get It's awesome, though. It's brilliant. So. Well, we appreciate the kind of words and, and thank everybody in your family for listening to us. And uh, Of course. Well, thank you for listening to me. Well, it's been fantastic it's been to kind of get the story out and to kind of, we was all very excited for other people to hear their story because we've, we've lived it for so long. So, Well, that's awesome. So, well, thank you, Olivia. We'll be talking soon on social media, I'm sure. Yes, that'd be awesome. Thank you so much, Jerry. You're welcome. Have a lovely new year. You too. Bye. Okay. See you later. Bye. So Olivia has dealt with this for, as you've heard, a very long time. Very long time. And everybody in her family has seen it. All of her friends have seen it. Um, obviously, she doesn't have a lot of friends that want to come spend the night again. Oh, I'm sure not. But it it didn't seem like he's harmful. Yeah, well, like I said, you know, as she touched on, that it was all harmless but as they've gotten older and there's no kids around, because they think it's a little boy, oh, as they've gotten no kids around, he seems to have gotten a little more Bored. cranky. Oh, because oh, he don't you have know, nobody. Obviously, since he don't have, you know, they're Aww. not little kids there to play with. Yeah. So, well, I, don't know. I would suggest maybe foster kids. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that'll fix yeah, the problem. Yeah, I mean, give them somebody to play with and you'd be doing two good deeds at the same time. There you go. 
All right, Olivia, thank you so much for yeah, that. that and, amazing. And thanks to uh, all you guys for listening. And I hope you're enjoying these stories, and we'll talk to you very soon.